handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. So today, we decided we're going to go off on a little tangent here. We're going to rank the offseason moves so far from the 2021 offseason. We're not including draft picks in this, at least not yet. I think I convinced Cody to probably make that into another video at some point here very soon probably do that as well but we'll just look specifically at the offseason now before we get into these rankings i just want to make a quick disclaimer that whoever's last on this list whoever's first on this list does not mean that we hated the acquisition i think i can speak for cody here that we did like all of the uh all of the pickups here in regards to whether it's just competition for camps, whether it's for, you know, depth on the uh, chart or whether we actually think this person's going to be a starter. That's either here nor there. We, uh, I think we can appreciate every single one of these Cody. I'll let you start it out here, but I think uh, we both agreed here uh, amongst all of the moves that the Colts made. This one was uh more towards the bottom here. Who was the first one that we had here, starting from least favorite to the most favorite? At least favorite, we have Carson Wentz. I'm just kidding. Least (laughs) favorite, Julian Davenport. I mean, come on. Yeah, (laughs) need I I say more. He'll tell you the same thing. Need I say more? Watching any of his film or any highlights, usually uh, it's not pretty. Usually the quarterback's on his backside. And – don't anticipate him making the roster. I'll just say that, um, especially with uh, the depth you added at offensive line. And honestly, I'll, I'll put it this way. If he started at any point this season, something's gone very, very badly wrong in your offensive line. Um, yeah. You know, like you said, then nothing against the guy, um, but just as a pickup, wasn't crazy about it. That's for sure. Yeah, we were all kind of understanding why they did it but you know it's like damn is there not anyone else that you could have potentially looked for here but you know it all just depends honestly on what happens with will fries that's going to be the big one as to whether or not davenport's really going to make this roster but uh i think you and i are also in agreement here amongst uh the second least favorite when we're talking about it here and that is antoine woods want to explain that one a little bit Yeah, I struggled with this one a little bit because, you know, he could be just a nice rotational piece there, but just as a player, I mean, it's just, he's just nothing special. Like he's at the best, he's going to be a rotational piece for you. He's never going to sniff the field really. Um, And so I don't know. It's going to be interesting for sure to see how him and Taylor Stallworth duke it out, but um, I'm going to give the nod to Stallworth. I'm just not overly impressed with Woods in any, any stretch. Um, So yeah, it's just kind of a was a mess signing to me. I wasn't crazy about it. Didn't hate it. I was just kind of like, eh, more depth on the on the defensive line at the very worst. So uh, don't hate this move. Just wasn't like over the moon about it. Yeah, I'm totally in agreement with you there. All right, so this is where you and I start branching off here when it comes to 
our tangents on what we think uh, is different on our favorites here. So my next guy as uh, getting higher up on the favorite chart is Eddie Pinero. Um, I understand why the Colts are doing it. You know, it's kind of the same reason they drafted uh, Blankenship this last offseason was due to the fact that, you know, you had McLaughlin and you thought that he was going to be uh, a decent kicker for you, but you're always looking to improve. And, you know, if you think Blankenship is your guy, which they obviously think he is, it's always good to have an extra kicker in there to have that competition help spark the other guy up to maybe want to try and do better. Um, not questioning motivation for Blankenship at all, but yeah, um, that's why it's so far down. It's like, I obviously don't see the reason I see the reason why you would do it, but you know, ultimately I think it's just nothing more than a competition piece for a camp. Mm. And then I have Malik Jefferson, this signing, while physically I like what he brings, that's about it. Um, he really hasn't done anything in the league so far. I mean, maybe he's a special teams guy, but I think that's the that's the ceiling for him right now, and that's what you should expect at the very most from him. So I think really he's not really providing a whole lot for you on your roster, um, which is why I had him ahead of even like Eddie Pinero, which I'll, I'll explain why in a second. But Malik Jefferson is the third least favorite I have here. Gotcha. Well, and that's why I have him um, in this other spot right after Panero. Um, and I know you have Panero right here as well. Yeah. Um, that's why I had Jefferson above Panero because, you know, Jefferson actually can play special teams. He has done some special teams work in the past. And due to the fact of how physically gifted he is, I just think there's a lot more of an opportunity for him on this roster than what Panero would provide you. So the reason why I have Pinero ahead of Jefferson is simply because of competition. I think it's going to motivate Blankenship to get even better. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, he kind of sucked the end of the year, if we're being completely honest here, uh, not holding back. Like, it wasn't great for him. He was missing some kicks he should have made. Hmm. And so just continuing to push him, I mean, he had a great rookie season. I mean, just the, the back of the year started to backslide a little bit. So just to push him and to make him earn it, I think for that reason alone, regardless if Pinero wins the job or not, which I don't think he will, I just think at the, I guess, best case scenario is he pushes Blankenship to be better. Not that he needed any motivation, but I think everybody needs some competition, right? Um, everybody needs to go out there and prove it. And I think I just love that. Um, Frank Reich even said as much, right? He said his job's not in jeopardy, but you know, he needs to be pushed. He needs to be challenged, and everybody does, right? Everybody has to fight for their right to be a starter on this roster. So for that reason, as opposed to Jefferson, who's really not doing a whole lot, that's why I have Pinheiro uh, just slightly ahead of him. Okay. All right, and the next one I have is Isaac Rochelle. Um, I know that he has uh, the ability to be a good defensive end, has the – intangibles and has had some time in this league to make some plays has a few sacks here and there, but you know, ultimately I think of it again as another depth piece. And, you know, with the defensive end room that we have, we kind of know in the future who the top two guys are going to be, at least as of right now. And then we have a general understanding of who's behind him. Ultimately it's just how good is Rochelle going to look in in training camp, that's the ultimate question here of whether or not he's going to really compete on this roster. So that's why Rochelle's here for me. 
this this one for you this one very really surprised me i'm surprised you have this guy so low well see here's my reasoning i don't know if he's even going to make the final 53 man with all the depth you have at offensive line that's joey hunt i mean i like the minutes that he brought i don't get me wrong i just am kind of looking at at this and i'm just like i don't know like he was fine he was decent but I don't know. I'm just not overly impressed with Joey Hunt, I guess. Um, and bringing him back, I thought it was a good move, but like, it's not going to push the needle, right? It's not going to push the needle to where you need to go. Um, but we, you know, we, we have these players kind of flip flopped. It looks like a little bit, or maybe not with Joey Hunt, but um, Isaac Rochelle is my next guy in the list. So I have him right around this general area too. Gotcha. Well, then my next one is Al-Qadi Muhammad and, yeah, here, I was surprised here, by this one. Just to li- just that. to understand of the reasoning is that I understand the value that he does bring to the lineup, but ultimately I still just think his production has just been limited. You know, I understand that it's due to, you know, the defensive end room that he's in and, you know, he's going in and out, in and out. I like it for depth purposes. I love it for depth purposes. You can definitely bring him in on some third down situations, third and longs. And he's the guy that's, he's one of your more athletic defensive ends. That'll be able to get to the outside and, you know, had a couple of good sacks in situations where it looked like it could have gotten serious. You know, he was able to track down Lamar Jackson one time and sack him in the Baltimore game, but very impressive because it's always difficult to tackle Lamar Jackson. So again, I like it for depth purposes. I'm not really knocking him here. You know, I just think it was a little lower than some of the other guys who I think are going to get more time. But again, I like it for depth purposes. I like Al-Qadim Muhammad as a player. Yeah, I mentioned that Isaac Rochelle. Honestly, him and Joey Hunt, to me, are very interchangeable. I could see the argument for either way. Both these guys are depth pieces. They may both not make the final 53-man roster. They may not, uh, just depending on how some other things play out, right? Um, but then uh, the next guy I have is Sam Tevy. Um, you know, and the reason I have him above Rochelle and Hunt is because he might get some action at tackle very early and he's just adding more depth, but I feel pretty confident he's probably going to make this roster as opposed to, to the other two guys. I just don't know at this point, but tackle certainly, um, just adding more competition and more depth at tackle. Um, I like that move for that reason. I had Joey Hunt here at this moment because, you know, I just thought that, it was, it, he's a much better offensive lineman than I think a lot of us give him credit for. I think he was a really good depth piece. I really enjoyed what he brought to the table. So I, that's ultimately why I have him at this spot above al Muhammad. But I see here for your next one, and I see that you have al Muhammad at this next spot. Yes, I mean, he was my the, the favorite defensive end that they brought back, which is why he's above uh, Isaac Rochelle. So uh, for that reason, yeah, I have him brought back. I think he's a nice depth piece, and he could com- he's going to compete, and he may actually win that other defensive end position alongside, you know, presumably Quiddy Pay um, here early. I think he um, overall right now is the most solid defensive end all the way around, right? I mean, he's pretty good at stopping the run. He's athletic. Um, he's shown flashes, but nothing's really you know come to fruition in terms of consistency, which we've talked about before. But, you know, I think overall he's still a young, fairly young player, and uh, I think he has a chance to compete for that starting job, whereas I don't know if Rochelle does at this point, which is why I have him ahead of there. Gotcha. 
Um, and then I had Sam Tevy at this spot because, yep. you know, with, like you said, we fully anticipate Tevy to make this roster and with how our left tackle situation is right now, whether it's Will Holden or Sam Tevy starting the season before Eric Fisher most likely does, then it was much needed depth. It was exactly what we needed and what we thought we were going to need to address in free agency. And ultimately that is what Ballard did. All right. So my next guy, and this one will probably surprise a lot of people. And it, it probably, it's amazing to see Cody's where he has this guy, but uh, I have Marlon Mack here at my sixth most favorite free agent signing couple other guys beforehand. Now, I'll say the negative as to why he's at six and not higher is just only due to the fact that there are two other running backs on this roster that have already been primary starters. They have shown they have been worth everything that they've gotten and why they're going to get paid at some point. And then there's a third running back on the roster, Jordan Wilkins, who you could argue could probably be a third running back, maybe even a second running back for most teams in the NFL if you wanted to look at it from that perspective. I just think ultimately we didn't need to address Marlon Mack the way we did. However, the reason why I could see this being higher on most people's list when it comes to Marlon Mack, not only do you get the potential production from a Marlon Mack, you know, we've talked about it all off season, what we think this guy can do when he's fully healthy. We know what he can do when he's fully healthy. Not only that you signed him for $2 million. I mean, you got him on a very, very friendly deal. So, you know, you didn't really have to spend a lot of money to get another running back who just two years ago, before he went down with his ACL injury um, is really was a top 10 running back in the league, no question. So it's really great to see Marlon Mack back, no pun intended there. And then I can't wait to see him going uh, this offseason and into the season with Jonathan Taylor and Hines as well. And then I see you have a particular corner of ours as your sixth favorite. Uh, TJ Carey, because I like the minutes he brought. He definitely exceeded expectations which I really liked. He provides something on special teams. He's just a good overall, I wouldn't call safety nets the right word, but you know, if, if Rocky Sin just completely flames out this year, like he just is completely getting penalized all the time. Okay. TJ Carey, you feel pretty okay about that for another year. Um, and, and I think he definitely proved a lot more at the outside corner than a lot of people were thinking. People thought maybe just a backup slot to Kenny Moore is probably his ceiling, but he proved to be more than that. He proved that he's more of a more of a overall player than just a slot corner. So uh, I, I like that from TJ Carey, and he got him pretty team friendly as well. Um, and then and then I also had Xavier Rhodes right there as well. I mean, I think that was a priority bringing back Xavier Rhodes. Undoubtedly, he's your number one corner going into this season, and you got him back at. at I mean, all things considered, a pretty team friendly deal as well with the cap going down as much as it did. So uh, you bring back two of your guys that played significant minutes for you at corner. Yeah, um, I'm kind of in the same boat with you when it comes to the spot of TJ Carey and Xavier Rhodes here. I mean, TJ Carey, you know, we, we've seen a lot of the film on him when he was with the Browns, and we knew he was uh, durable. We knew he was consistent. You know, he's more of a run-stopping kind of corner, which is exactly what the Colts really like in their corners. 
But, you know, he showed he does have the ability to play against some decent wide receivers and uh, be decent in coverage. You know, he led the team in interceptions to start the year off. So, you know, he really was off to a really hot start. You know, got exposed a little bit towards the end of the year when it came to certain pass coverages and against certain wide receivers. But nevertheless, I think the reason why he's so high on this list, because just due to the corner room and how much question, how many questions there still are with that corner room. It's nice to still have a veteran like a TJ carry at that spot at number five. So, all right. So now, and then you had Xavier Rhodes there. So that makes sense. And then, all right, let's go to our fourth best uh, free agent signings here. And I said it was Xavier Rhodes, Xavier Rhodes for the simple fact that again, was one of the best corners in the league last year. Statistically, um, I don't normally like to count PFF's rankings a lot of times, but even with PFF, he was, I think, rated as like the fifth or sixth best corner in the league last year. And, you know, he had a lot of good interceptions and played very well in coverage. You know, he just looked like he really revitalized himself here in Indianapolis. You know, we had a lot of questions about him in Minnesota, and he just put all of those to bed this last year. Really started to look a little bit like what he was back in his not I'm not gonna say he was like his all pro form, but he was as good as he has been since then. So uh Xavier Rhodes here is my fourth favorite. Absolutely. Now who's your fourth favorite? Yeah, here time to get controversial for you. Marlon Mack is number four for counter argument to all the things that you said. You got him cheap. He was a 1,000-yard rusher. Colts have that motto of run the dang ball. And he is super talented. Notice he didn't want to say – he didn't say it correctly. He didn't no, say you know it. what I mean, RTDB. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Monetization, you, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, no, you bring back a very talented young guy like Marlon Mack on a very cheap team-friendly kind of deal, and you add that to the two other running backs you already talked about – I mean, if the Colts were a really good run team, if Marlon Mack can stay healthy, they can be a top three running attack, no doubt. I have no doubt in my mind that they can be. All these guys, all the top three guys have proven to be some of the best players at their position. And I think I'm just excited for that reason. Just to support Carson Wentz in this office, the Colts can control you know, the, the clock by running the clock down, by running the ball. Yeah, when it comes to when it gets you know cold in January and you can run the ball effectively with three different guys, potentially four different guys if you throw in Wilkins there. I mean, what team is going to be able to stop you? Yeah. Right, Carson Wentz isn't going to have to go play hero ball in twenty degree weather in Buffalo. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like when you can run the ball the way that the Colts hopefully can and potentially can, it's not going to matter, man. Right. It's not going to matter if you can control the clock. You can slow down some of these high-profile offenses. We saw with New England, how did they win? How did they beat the Colts and beat other teams and get to the Super Bowl? They ran the ball and they played good defense, right? Yeah. And and Tom Brady made plays when he needed to play, when he needed to, right? And the Colts have a similar style here, I feel like. They have a pretty good defense, right? They have a really good running game. And adding Marlon Mack to the mix just makes that running game, in my opinion, one notch or two notches even better. Gotcha. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. All right. And ironically enough, you and I, when it comes to our top 
three free agent signings are all the same. Yeah. And I am quite surprised because at one and two, I thought you were going to flip them because, you know, your man crush that you've had for a while, I'm surprised is not your number one, but we'll get into that here in a second. Number three, and that's for both of us, is T.Y. Hilton. Now, yeah. it's no secret that Colts Nation really wanted T.Y. Hilton back. I mean, we did have a number nine trending on uh, Twitter, for gosh sakes. Hashtag bring T.Y. home. That was uh, all over Twitter. And, you know, we helped to kind of kickstart that. We were one of the few people that really helped kickstart it, along with uh, Blue Stable and a couple other people on Twitter as well. And, you know, it, it's really nice to see T.Y. Hilton back. I know a lot of people are disrespecting T.Y. Hilton, saying he's washed up and he's not that great. I hope he takes a little bit of a, a lesson from Darius Leonard. You know, kind of hears the talk and let it uh, fuel him and motivate him. I mean, we saw last the last six games, five, six games of the regular season. I mean, T.Y. Hilton was one of the best wide receivers in the game at the last five games of the season. He was having numerous games where he was uh, catching over 100 yards in those games. And, you know, he shows he's still got it. And Carson Wentz, I think, is definitely going to improve uh, – his odds and a lot of other things. Uh, why do you have him at number three here? You just needed a veteran voice in that locker room at receiver, I feel like. And T.Y. Hilton offers that stability, and he can still play like you mentioned. Um, I think a lot of people look at his stats last year and aren't blown away. And that's not – I don't really feel like that's his own – that's a fault of his own, right? I feel like it was just simply the limitations that Phillip Rivers had and the way the Colts like to spread the ball around. Now, it looks like they're going to do a similar thing with spreading the ball around, but, you know – Carson Wentz just offers something so much different than Philip Rivers does, right? I mean, he his arm strength, man, is second to none compared to Philip Rivers. I mean, let's be completely honest here. Like, those were the bread and butter plays for T.Y. Hilton when Andrew Luck was here. Those deep 70, 80-yard bombs, man. Like, he could just outrun guys. Now, he may not be able to do that anymore, but he's going to get a lot more deep opportunities, in my opinion. So uh, for that reason, I'm, I'm really excited uh, for T.Y. Hilton in this offense with Carson Wentz and Frank Reich. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so this next one, and again, I'm completely surprised you didn't put him number one, but, I mean, we're, we're, we're here, so we might as well. I want to hear your thoughts on it first, and okay. that is Eric Fisher who the Colts signed over was a free agent from the Chiefs and the Colts seem to think they have found their left tackle. So why is it that you have him at number two here? The injury. That's really the only reason I have him at number two. Um, just he might miss a couple games here early. Uh, we don't know how he's, you know, hopefully we all signs point to he's going to be back to 100%. We just don't know with the injury, and that's a little bit concerning, obviously. But it seems like um, the Colts are very confident, obviously, with a lot of guys coming off Achilles injuries on this team. They feel very, very confident that these players are going to return to 100%, maybe a lot sooner than a lot of people think. So for that reason, I have Eric Fisher here. But, yeah, you're right. I, I, I'm not going to deny it. I have a man crush on this dude, man. I mean, <laughs> trying to find your offensive tackle, I mean – how many teams are in, pardon my language, I don't even know if it's technically called language, but how many teams are in offensive tackle hell right now, man? Yeah. I, I mean, honestly. So uh, adding a, a player of his talent, 
Um, yeah, he might miss a couple games, but the talent I think outweighs the risk that you'll potentially have there as opposed to like a guy like Charles Leno Jr. who a lot of fans wanted. I think for me personally, Eric Fisher, and it seems like if he plays well, the Colts plan on resigning this man. So you could have your left tackle for the next three, four, five years, and he right. could be a top 10 left tackle. And you don't have to worry about that, right? You can address other positions for the foreseeable future. So for those reasons, I love it. Yep, I'm not even going to add any more to it on that one. But let's get into our favorite off-season move. And I think everybody knows where we're going with this. And that is acquiring Carson Wentz in a trade from the Philadelphia Eagles. So, I mean, there's no reason as to why we don't think this is a great move, right? We think, we think in terms of what does he bring that... Philip Rivers didn't bring in 2020. And you ultimately think of the physicality, right? Yeah. I mean, Philip Rivers was getting older, was barely able to move. And with Carson Wentz, you have the ability to now do things and an offensive scheme that you didn't necessarily have the chance to do with, with Philip Rivers in 2020. And especially not with Rivers in 2020 when he stubbed his toe and had to deal with that for the whole season. So it's certainly a much better physically gifted quarterback. And, you know, Colts players have been saying this guy's been throwing 60, 70 yard bombs and practices. So that's really great to hear. Phillip Rivers ain't doing that. I'm just nope. saying. And then, you know, when you look at it, obviously Phillip Rivers is a very excellent leader from what we've heard so far. Carson Wentz has been enjoying himself. He has been a good leader so far. That's exactly what we want. And, you just have ultimately a guy who I think Cody and I agree with it, that he was in a bad situation in Philadelphia and now feels a lot more confident with re uh, reacquiring his old uh, OC and Frank Reich and feels confident that he's now able to get back to his old ways. And coach Reich knows how to utilize Carson in the best way possible to get this offense to move. So why is it, Cody, you had Carson Wentz at number one? I mean, I don't want to retread what you already said, but I think in addition to what you said, he makes your offense a lot more dangerous, um, a lot more unpredictable. Um, you can attack a lot of different ways. So I think for those reasons, it sets yourself up well for potentially your franchise quarterback. I think this was, outside of Matthew Stafford, I mean, this was like the move to make, right? I mean, honestly, because you, Sam Darnold, you didn't know. he he You like the talent, but... Carson Wentz had just as much talent with a little bit more pedigree. So in the connection with Reich, I mean, you already mentioned it. We talked about how it's going to help T.Y. Hilton benefit these receivers. Um, I just think in all ways, this opens up your offense in a way that it hasn't been opened up, honestly, since 2018. So I like it for that those reasons right there. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, and then there was that. And Cody, did you want to talk about the restricted free agents or did we not want to end up mentioning them? Um, who we got? Who are some guys that are that would we could maybe? We have Malali Cox, yep. who signed his tender. Uh, we had George Odom. We know how the situation went, but he ultimately ended up signing. And then mm -hmm. Zach Pascal, who obviously we're all excited is coming back. And then Traymond Smith, one of our cornerbacks. Okay. Um, I'll just make a quick here, quick ranking of these four guys. So I think Smith is last because I don't really know a whole lot about him. Right. Um. I would say probably oof, Mo, Zach, and George because George was an All Pro. 
Oh, you're hurting my feelings. No disrespect to Pascal because I love Yeah, him. I know. Traymon uh, lasts for me on these. Odom, Cox, and then Pascal. Okay. Um, that's that I, I love my, my Zach Pascal, man. I love it. And I'm glad he's back on a relatively good deal here. Yes. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have him back, yeah. but, uh, that's going to do it for this one, guys. Uh, that is our rankings of all of the Colts free agent signings. Let us know what you guys think. Is there somebody that, uh, ranks higher on your list than ours, lower on your list than ours. Let us know what you think in the comments. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as always, go Colts.